I really uh, thank you so much for your testimony there, Teresa, and I think that that's right where uh, a lot of us are at or have been, and the testimony that you're sharing is a very relevant and powerful testimony um, uh, that speaks to the challenge that we have, but it also gives us the points us in the right direction as to where our focus needs to be, and and um, and I just know that uh, God has gonna, is going to be faithful to you as He's always been, and you're you're not you're not leaving here today without Christy and I uh, just praying with you and fellowshipping with you, and and uh, just going to encourage you in the Lord as we as much as we can. Amen. All right, so don't rush out. We're going to. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. I'm still waiting for everybody to wake up, but I'm doing good. Uh, we had a very good time in the Lord in our New Year's Eve service, uh, and I'm so sorry. Uh, we having Children's Church? All right, Children's Church, you are free to go. It's so cool. They still stayed there until they were released. That is, when I was their age, I'd have been gone. <clears throat> but we had a good time of worship, good time of fellowship. Um, I shared a word that, that God put on my heart, and um, and it was out of the book of Joshua. And uh, I will start there today, and uh, Joshua five, but that, but it's a precursor to where I want to end today. And um, I believe it's important. God wants me to have this body focus on uh, for 2022 being rooted and grounded in Christ. Rooted in him and grounded in him. That's going to be a priority of ours in, in, in 2022. Um, and we're going to have some curriculum and we're going to be doing some very intentional things um, that are going to address that. Uh, but I wanted to go ahead and share this today. You know, in Joshua chapter 6 is when the great testimony and the great victory over Jericho happened. In recent weeks, I've shared about God, about the transition that the uh, Israelites had gone through from leadership from Moses to Joshua. That was a transition. Life is full of transitions. God had told him that it is time to cross the river Jordan and to begin to possess the land that he swore to their forefathers. God had led them to embark upon major transition. And I love the testimony. I love what God did in bringing down the walls of Jericho and giving the children of Israel that amazing victory. But I want to focus a little bit today on the chapter that preceded it and what God demanded from them. Because I think it's worth noting what God demanded of them before the amazing victory took place. Amen? Uh, Let's start off in the book of Joshua, chapter 5. 
And I'm just going to start in the eighth verse. The first few verses talk about, you know, that God has them do uh, circumcise this new generation of believers. So he reinstitutes circumcision. In verse 8 says, when the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. That word Gilgal uh, means rolling or to roll away. Now, victory was in their future. They were about to possess the land that God promised to them. But there were some things that God wanted to do in their lives first. Egypt was still a reproach to them the first time God wanted to give them the promised land and they refused to go. Why? Because Egypt was still in their system. They weren't completely healed from the traumas and issues of Egypt. Egypt still had some things that they longed for. One of them was the garlics and the leeks and some of the, so some of the things that were pleasant to the flesh. And they created some conflict between what God wanted them to do and what the flesh wanted. Right? Stay with me. And so God had to put them in the wilderness for 40 years. An old generation dies off, a new generation rises. Under God's care, he fed them, clothed them, sheltered them protected them he took care of them until it was time for God to lead them to the cusp of the promised land again and before there is ever a victory in the promised land there is business that they need to do with God and God circumcises all the males right there and they had to not only go through the circumcision of the whole community, they had to wait for the healing to take place afterwards because we're not going to get all into it, but the, the, there was healing that would be needed um, after the circumcision were to take place. And God speaks to Joshua something. These words are amazing, and I, and I believe that if you meditate on it long enough, you'll see how relevant it is for you today. Joshua, today... I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. I'm doing this today. Let this moment be a memorial to you. There is no more Egypt. Egypt has no more impact in your life. The bondage that was that you were once in is no longer yours to bear. That shame that came with it, I'm doing away with it. That failure is no longer your identity. You have a new identity. You are a new creation in Christ. And I'm about to take you on into a new phase of your life where you're going to be walking with me in victory, in triumph. You're going to accomplish the purpose of God. And 
Egypt, not only will, it won't just be a distant memory, it will be as if it never held you in bondage in the first place. So complete it will be. And so I believe today God wants to roll away the reproach of your past. How many regrets, past regrets, do we have sitting in this sanctuary today? And God's beckoning you. God has you on the cusp. He's ready to take you into the new territory where he wants you to go, where you can fulfill his, his purpose for your life. But there is some fear. There's some anxiety. There is some doubt. There is some shame. There is some anxiousness. There are some, some things that you carry with you that are the remnants of times past. And God wants to roll that away. So, circumcision, rolling away the reproach from Egypt, had to happen first. In the next few verses, uh, verses uh, 10 to 12, they observed their first Passover. in Canaan, in the new promised land. So they go through circumcision. They observe the Passover. And finally, Joshua encounters the commander of the Lord's army. In verse 13, it says, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And that's an important statement there. He's basically saying, No, 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 no. I'm here by the command of God the Father. It's not about whether I'm for you or for them. I only obey and I only follow the, follow the will of God. What will matter is if whether you're for God or not. Now, I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. God is for us. But he's not for our will over his. He is for us as we have surrendered ourselves to the will of God and we walk in the way of the Lord. We're walking in obedience to him. We know the favor of God rests upon us. But the life that we live is no longer ours. It belongs to Christ. And so each step that we take needs to be ordered by the Lord. Are you hearing me? It needs to be ordered by the Lord. And every day we wake up, that should be our focus. Lord, what is your will for me today? I have plans. There are things that I would like to do, but I, I will gladly give them up if, if they would hinder what your will is for me today. I will gladly release those plans in order that I might fulfill your will for me today. That should be the attitude of the believer. Are you hearing me? Because the command of the Lord is there at the, be, uh, at the uh, command of God. 
not at our command. So I'm not here for you or for them. I'm here for God. I've come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And some might might consider that unnecessary, but I, I feel it is very necessary because we can't wait to hear the victories. We can't wait to see the amazing stories of God's might and power and how he moved, how he moved mightily on the behalf of those who put their trust in him. But there is a lot that goes into it before the mighty victory manifests. Jesus invested 30 years of his life being faithful to the things God called him to before he ever started his ministry. And he was growing in wisdom, in understanding, in spirit. He was growing, being prepared for his moment. When his moment arrived. There will come a season when God exalts you and lifts you up and, 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 and he propels you forward into what he's called you. But, but it's what we do until that time that makes, that makes all the difference. We need to be rooted and grounded in him. Maybe God, maybe there's some circumcision of your heart that needs to happen. Maybe there are some things in your life you need to surrender to God. Before it's time for you, before it's time for the walls of Jericho to come down. We talk about, uh, I think Teresa mentioned, uh, did you mention uh, sacrifice, self-sacrifice? Uh, what, what word did you use, Teresa? Self-denial. Maybe there's some self-denial that is necessary for you in the prep that God wants God wants to do in you before it's time to take Jericho. Jeremiah 17, this will be the primary scripture I want to talk about today, but Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. There was a time in my life where I was constantly fearful of the drought, of a drought coming in my life. Not weather drought. 
was constantly fearful of negative outcomes, constantly fearful and, and um, not wanting bad things to happen. I just would soon, uh, I'd run from them. Um, someone told me when I was younger, don't pray for patience. You know, because God's gonna te- God is going to test your patience if you ask for patience. And so I didn't want any, I didn't want any of that drama in my life. You know, so I avoided that. Because I, I was used to not thriving in hardship. I was used to struggling, being needy, not having provisions and having to rely on the kindness of others, you know, constantly to help. Feeling helpless and, and, and weak. And I didn't like feeling that way. And so I would try to avoid that. Um, at all costs. And I'm so glad that God delivered me from that. And I got to believe I'm not the only one who has struggled with that from time to time. But there is some insight in this verse here because that began to go away as I began to learn that I can trust in God. That he was my Jehovah Jireh. He was my provider. He was my source. He was my sustainer. That that even though I'm weak and even though I'm not fully up to all the challenges in life, that he was more than up to them. And if I relied on him uh, and, and trusted in him and obeyed him, that he would make up any lack in me. And that's the thing that helped me overcome that. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Now, if we can break through that and learn to trust God in those places where we are fearful, like me, I didn't want to be in situations I couldn't control, situations that I, that I didn't feel like I could be victorious in, situations I didn't think I could thrive in, I avoided those situations because it took me to a time that I didn't want to be reminded of. But if we can overcome that and we can learn to trust in the Lord, it says you'll be like a tree planted by water. That sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. Now, this is interesting here. You know, those of you, how many people are, um, have green thumbs? You, 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 you plant flowers and plants and shrubs and bushes and so forth. You know, you plant them, you care for them, you water them. You have to water them constantly, right? Depending on what it is, right? And it can be a lot of work. But right here, it doesn't have someone with their little, um, daggone it, what do you call the doggone water bucket that just, watering can, there we go. Doesn't have a watering can, there is no schedule. Marty is amazing at doing irrigation and, and, and making sure that everything uh, around the, the yard is getting proper water and everything. But that that's not what's provided here. 
Nobody's bringing the water to the tree. But the tree is planted near the water. Which means the roots of the tree is going to have to go deep and the roots are going to have to branch out and extend and reach the water. And I say that because that's what we're going to have to do, right? I mean, there is fullness and riches in God, but we're going to have to become rooted and grounded in Christ. We're going to have to, we're going to have to put time into the word. We're going to have to put time in prayer. We're going to have to put time in our daily devotion with God so that he can deal with our attitudes and our hearts because we want, we want those roots to go deep. And we want those roots to branch out and reach out so that we can tap into the endless water supply of the Spirit of God. Amen? If those roots don't branch, if you're that tree and you don't have someone watering you every day, then you're going to have to find a way to get to the source. And we're going to need to know how to get to the source in our time of trouble. But the sin, it sends out its roots by the stream. There was many times in my life before I came to Christ that my roots went out, but they went out to wrong places. It didn't go to the stream or the, it didn't go to the, uh, to, to the things of the spirit and, and the God's, and the truth of God's word. My roots went to, to things that polluted my heart. And I'm saying this, I'm saying this from my heart. This is the first message I'm sharing in this new year. And I want us to, I want us to get our priorities right at the beginning of the year, right? We've crossed over the Jordan. We've transitioned from 2021 to 2022. And I'm not saying you have your priorities wrong. All right. I, I don't know what your priorities are, but but I know what God puts on my heart. And I'm going to challenge us today to evaluate our priorities. Billy Graham uh, preached a message in which one of the things that really spoke to me was he, he, he emphasized the brevity of time. Our life is but a vapor. Average lifespan is about 70 years, roughly, give or take. And time passes so fast. We must work the works of him who sent us while it is day. Night's going to come upon all of us. Our life on this earth will end. What will we have done for Christ before that time comes? What has God put on your heart last year that you didn't prioritize last year? Was there a study you should have been doing? Was there a service you should have been committing yourself to? Was it to give him more time? And like Dale emphasizes, make yourself available to him more. What has God called you to that you've had 
a lax attitude about, I'll get around to it. No, 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 no. Time is too brief. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, in a message one time, he talked about the fierce urgency of now. Right now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to commit to what God has for you in the year 2022. Now is the time to get rooted and grounded in Jesus. The drought, it's not if the drought's going to come, the drought of life is going to come. Right? Your ability to stand, to be a tree that roots are so deeply rooted in the ground, they have branched so far out that that tree is almost impossible to make, to be made to fall. A drought is not going to stop it, stop its leaves from staying green. A drought is not going to stop it from bearing fruit. It's too well grounded. The roots go too deep. It's able to find nourishment in that rich soil underneath because of how deep and how far those roots go. That bad weather is not going to affect it. And I believe that's how God wants us to be spiritually. That our roots go so deep That we're so rooted in Christ that hardships in life, though they hurt, they are difficult, they are painful, but they're not going to take us down. They're not going to stop us from bearing fruit unto God. Amen? Says its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. That tells me that's an, also a key to not struggle with anxiety. What are some of the benefits of having a daily quiet time with the Lord? You know, one uh, benefit is that, you know, we are ever reminded that he is the one that we should be going to. We are reminded of who he is. We're reminded of his great power, that he knows the end from the beginning, that he is omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient. He is more than we will ever need. Amen? And so we're going to him. And so that is a reminder just by going to him, we're keeping our eyes on him and it, and it, and it puts us in the right perspective. It, 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 it prevents us from enlarging our problems in our minds greater than him. We're, we're going to him because we want to continue to enlarge him in our hearts. So God doesn't want us anxious. If we're struggling with anxiety, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just saying you're, you know, I'm just saying 
Your, your priority needs to be pressing into God and getting, getting your roots to go deep. Press into him with a constant flow of Christ nourishes you. Nourishes you spiritually. Encourages you, strengthens you, lifts you up. For you have joy and peace that just doesn't make sense. It's not that you're going to be exempt of any problems that that anybody else goes through, but you're going to be going through them in a way that is a powerful witness of the transformative power of Christ in your life. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, and I'm about to wind down here, uh, says this. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So, it's the will of God that we walk in him, rooted and built up in Christ, and established in the faith. I know there's a lot of bad news out there. But let's not be so focused on it that we're distracted from where our focus ought to be. Right? God's word is truth. You know, at some point I'm going to replace that where it says freedom is who I am. And in place of it is going to be out of John 17, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. What you see in the media, it can give you facts. They can tell you from a carnal perspective or a worldly perspective. They can, they can tell you from the perspective that they know. But, but the perspective that matters is the, is the perspective of God. The perspective that matters is rooted in the word of God. The perspective that matters is the kingdom perspective. Are you hearing me today? And so we're going to have to be diligent. <clears throat> um, I, I always quote this from heart, but Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. We're going to have to be diligent to guard our hearts. <clears throat> Not just from what some people call these these, these uh, snarky comments, the fake news media, and all this other stuff. You know, don't 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 feed yourself on other people's snark and quips and all that other stuff. No matter how good it feels to you at the time, because what it's feeding is not the spirit man. What it appeals to is the flesh. And what we need to do is deny the flesh man what it wants so that the spirit man may be fed on the word of God. Are you hearing me? I wouldn't get up here and tell you who to vote for or what to, 
what stand to take or what not to take. I'm going to tell you, though, it, uh, there's only one stand as far as I'm concerned. And it's the word of God and what God has called us as believers to. And when Ephesians says, stand therefore, fully armored in God, we're standing in the strength and in the power of his might. Right? So we are. We're standing in his might. We're standing on his word. We're standing on what Christ has done. And the only way anybody else who, anybody in the world who doesn't know the Lord, the only way they're going to be able to stand is if they come to know him too. And I've got a, and I've got a word for you, you know, cause some have, uh, I don't know how many of the rumors are true and how much of is conspiracy and not. And, you know, I just say, forget it. But there's been uh, thoughts about, uh, for example, the vaccine and different things like that, that there may be the mark or something of the beast in there and everything, you know, and people freak out about that. I'm not going to I'm not going to pass a judgment on that from the pulpit. What I will say to you, though, is let's not even be fearful of the eventual coming of the mark of the beast because it's in the Bible. It's coming. The son of perdition will be revealed at some point. There will be a one world government. That it will be dangerous to be a Christian in the last days. We just may as well embrace the truth of God's word in that. We don't know exactly when it's going to come, but it's coming. All right? And so we can either be afraid of it. I hope we're not wasting our time trying to prevent it because that's not what he called us to do. When it comes, there are going to be people who don't know Jesus that are going to take it without even giving a second thought. And when they take that mark, it's going to be over for them. It's going to be a done deal for eternity, right? And so we have an opportunity while it is day to testify of Jesus, to give the gospel, to present the gospel to those who don't know, to to do it in such a way in love, in grace, in mercy, that, that, that Christ is compelling them through us, his vessels, to come and receive the salvation of the Lord so that they too will have no reason to fear the coming end times because their names are written in the Lamb's book of life, right? And so in the midst of all of this din and who's on the right and who's on the left and who believes this cause and who believes that cause and, 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 and what how is the makeup of the Supreme Court is this, that, and the other, all of that stuff we can't waste time worrying about those things because at the end of the day they don't matter at the end of the day they don't matter if we won't be going before the supreme court when our time on this world here is done there's a great right throne that we'll be going before and all that will matter is if your name is written in the land's book of life or not And the only ones who can present that message are you and I. Those of us who have tasted and seen that God is good. Those of us who know that Jesus Christ 
is the only begotten Son of God. Those of us who know that there is salvation through no one else but Christ Jesus. And that while it is appointed to every man to die, there is a life after death that that, that is an everlasting life. That we will live with our God forever. And we won't have to concern ourselves with death anymore. Right? Or, 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 Or any other issues of life. Because he has redeemed us from all the things that we worry about right now. We have overcome this world through faith in Christ Jesus. And the only way anybody else is going to overcome is through faith in him. And let's not lose sight of that. Let's not let anybody else cause us to divert our attention and elevate causes that are not kingdom causes. Amen? And so, let's commit to being rooted and built up and established in Christ. And and, and we're going to wade through it by the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, by uh, continuing to read and meditate on the Word of God. We're going to navigate through all of this and keep ourselves focused and rooted in Christ. And Paul even prayed in Ephesians and I'll just read this because uh, it's saying much of what I've already said. Uh, Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 19 say, Paul says, for this reason, I'll bow my knees before the Father. So he said, I'm praying. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And there goes that being rooted and grounded again. Earlier it said, when we walk in our walk with the Lord, he wants us rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith. Here it says, being rooted and grounded in love. So that we will have the strength, the ability to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And as I, as I draw this, begin to draw this to a close, I began to see among other contrasts, I began to see what I'm talking about today, the contrast of the first time God had prepared the Israelites to, uh, to take the promised land, why they reacted the way that they did, contrasted with why they acted, reacted to God 
the way they did in Joshua. See, the first time they weren't rooted and grounded in the Lord. Yeah, he parted the Red Sea. Yeah, he fed us manna from heaven. Yeah, he turned the bitter waters sweet and made it drinkable. He did all those things, but they refer to him as Moses' God, not theirs. There was no rooting. There was no grounding. They didn't see him as their source. As long as they had Moses, they thought they were good. But what did they do when Moses went up to the mountain and he was gone for a while? Moses' absence to them was interpreted as God's absence. We don't know if he's ever going to come back. We need a God. Let's make one. And they made that golden calf. And God had to deal with them over that. Right? And I believe we make the similar mistake today. We don't actually take gold. It's too valuable. We like to wear gold. We wouldn't melt it down and make a calf, but I, but I do believe that in a sense, we do the same thing. If we sense that God is distant, if we feel as though, if we feel like uh, where things are out of control and, and we don't, we don't actually see God working in the way we think he ought to work, then we begin to act and do things that are akin to making a golden calf. Because we want to feel like something's getting done. We want to feel some sense of control. So we'll create something. When the answer isn't that, the answer is just waiting on the Lord and, 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 and really uh, knitting ourselves to God in such a way that we learn that this is a trust walk. I can trust God in anything. I can trust him when rain is abundant. I can trust him in drought. I can trust him in plenty. I can trust him in lack. I can trust him when the market is a bull market, and I can trust him when the market is a bear market. There's, you know, so much of 2022 still lays before us. But I believe that this contrast that I'm referring to, whether or not we're rooted and grounded in the Lord, is going to make all the difference. And God is calling us to get rooted and grounded in him. Wherever you're at. Wherever you're at. Um... Before I, I share the, the last verse, and it's just a short two-verse one, I want to go back to what I alluded to earlier in the message. And um, uh, Teresa's testimony kind of alludes to that this past year, and, and it's been a, a season of loss for her. Loss of loved ones and 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 those are things that are beyond her control. And she felt deeply every one of those things. And and I know there's others here who have experienced loss. Some of you though, 
Your past includes some things that are not just things that were taken away from you. But maybe you carry some guilt and, and, and shame and burden of things that you've done. Opportunities God gave you that you passed on, like the first time when God was ready to give them the promised land. They passed on that. And there's shame and there's regret. But I hope you can be encouraged today in this, that though they spent time in the wilderness, God gave them another chance. Right? And so, while you can't have that opportunity back, it doesn't mean that God won't give you another opportunity. It doesn't mean that God is done with you. God still has the same purpose and plan for you. Maybe somebody took your previous, the previous opportunity that you didn't take advantage of. Maybe somebody's did the work that God wanted you to do a couple years ago, last year, five years ago. And who knows where you were at when you made the decision that you did. But here's what I want to share with you. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I believe the King James Version says redeeming the time. You know, God can redeem the time. Past lost opportunities does not mean there are no more opportunities for you. There is still opportunity for you. God has a plan for you in 2022. Don't rush in trying to figure out what that plan is right now. The challenge that God is giving you is to just seek him. Is to do the things that will help you become firmly rooted, firmly planted, firmly grounded in him. When it's time God has no problem opening the door of opportunity and, and, and speaking to you in such a way that you know it's time. You're not going to have to worry about that. What you need to concern is, what do I do now, Lord? And, and I believe we need to emulate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whose first 30 years, he wasn't out there looking for an audience to preach to. He wasn't out there looking for people to lay hands on and, 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 and to get his name and get attention and everything. He did what the father told him to do. He allowed the father to work in his life the way the father wanted to work in his life. And when it was time, he was ready to move and to do all that the father called him to do. And like I said, we're going to have uh, some curriculum that we're going to be going through. Go, going through, I'm going to have the leaders go through it first, and 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 we're going to take the elements and principles of that curriculum, and we're going to, you know, really.
commit ourselves to it in the, in this body. And and really, it's a lot of the basics of the faith. We're going to really be challenging each each other, right, to um, have a daily devotional time with the Lord. We're going to commit to that early in the year, and we're going to commit to that through the year, um, that we're going to read and meditate on his word. And a lot of you are doing this already. That's fine. But one thing that isn't quite as common as it ought to be in the body of the Lord is repentance. Too often, there is not biblical repentance, right? And, 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 and committing ourselves to, uh, to be diligent in that is important. Um, you know, I guess my girls can tell you all this. We, saying I'm sorry, if you've offended or wronged someone in our house, I'm sorry, it's a good start, but that's not enough. We, 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 we say we're sorry. Whether it was unintentional or intentional, we're challenged to own it. Right? And, 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 and we name what it is we did that caused the offense. We don't say, I'm sorry you felt that way. We don't say, I'm sorry that you thought that because we're apologizing for somebody else's feelings. We're not apologizing for what we did. <laughs> right? And so, so we own it. And then we ask for forgiveness. Right? We, 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 we repent. When we own it, we say we're sorry. You know what? I shouldn't have done that. That was not the godly thing to do. Um, you know, um, you know, we commit to working hard not to do that again. And we ask you, will you please forgive me? And part of reconciliation, that's an important part. The offended party is being asked, will you please forgive me? That gives that person what that person needs in order for there to be some closure and some resolution there in a way that I'm sorry doesn't do. Right? So that's one thing that we're going to be doing. We're going to be really doing things in community, like doing things in groups. We're going to be serving in the community as well as the church, doing things that are that that will help us in our walk with the Lord get rooted and grounded in Him. We're going to be doing these things. And and I'll be more definite in the description of those things in the coming weeks. Uh, coming weeks and months as we really get to rolling on this. But um, let's focus on getting rooted and grounded in the Lord, y'all. I'm going to ask y'all to stand. Hallelujah. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ask y'all to, to just uh, to stand where you are. And, and Teresa, I'm going to ask you to, to come up. I will not uh, put the prayer on the mic.